All right, thank you. If you'll turn into your Bibles, we're starting into a new part of God's Word, the book of Joshua. And what I've done is I've uh, asked DP and Caleb if they would come up. It's only 18 verses, and what we'll do is we'll read uh, the chapter in its entirety. If you turn to Joshua chapter 1, and we'll have uh, Daniel Paul come up first and read 1 through 8, and then Caleb, you can read 19 to 18 in chapter 1. Joshua 1, 1 through 8. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over the, this Jordan, you and, all this, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river of Ephrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I have with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Verse 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, with with whosoever thou goest. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within uh, three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and to half the tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the, uh, remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on the side of Jordan. But ye shall pass before your brethren armed all the mighty men of, of valor and help them until the Lord had have given your brethren rest as he hath given you. And they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of Jordan toward the sun rising. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. And with whithersoever... Thou sendest us, we will go. 
According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so we will hearken unto, unto thee. Only the Lord thy God will be with thee as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be, whosoever he be that uh, doth rebel against thy commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words, and all that thou com- and all that thou commandest him, he shall be. But to death only be strong and of a good courage. All right. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you, Daniel. Paul. So we find ourselves in our study as we're going through the first five books is we're in this new book called Joshua. And maybe you've heard this said, Joshua in the Greek, we said this in the first meeting as Jesus. So we're first five books we have is the law, the law, the books of Moses, right? The Talmud. The next book we have is Jesus. So there's a shift, but it's still the same story, but it's something different. So one of the things that we find in this book, and Joshua, I don't know what you think of first, but you think of maybe Jericho. We find that in um, Joshua chapter 6. There's the conquest of that city and the manner of which they did that. You also have some key verses, one here in verse 8. Uh, maybe you memorize this as a younger person, or maybe you're, you've taught this to your, to your children. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. And at the end of the book, there's another key verse. Choose you this day whom you were serve. And um, looking at Joshua, it's a book of conquest. But yet it's only, when you think about it, it's 24 chapters. But only about less than half is actually taken up with their victories and what they did. The rest is the dividing of the land. And you might think, well, that's, a, that's not too interesting to read. Right? There's, there's 12 chapters or so of them saying, well, here's uh, Simeon's land. They're going to be in the midst of Judah. And Gad's going to be here on the other side of, uh, of Jordan. And then there's going to be Judah in the south and, 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 uh, and Asher over here. Well, what, why is that so important? I've asked myself the same question. that When I came to this part in Joshua, what is important? Because the first five books of this book of the Bible, if you're reading it as a Jew or if you're reading it now as a Christian, who was the central person when it comes to chapter 12 and Genesis? It's Abraham, right? And so Abraham is given a promise and God narrows in and sections in on Abraham and he tells him something, get out of that land and go somewhere and I'm going to give it to you and your descendants forever. And there's a promise that's unconditionally given to him that he, all he has to do is just take it by faith. There's nothing he has to do in work. And so why is it so important that Joshua, in this book, we have Joshua commanded to go in, take the land, and he's going to be the one to divide it. It's a tremendous opportunity and it's a tremendous privilege that he's going to be the one to carve up the inheritance through the Holy Spirit's guidance, of course, of God's people. The fulfillment of the promises given to Abraham are here in this book. Now, of course, in the commentary of the New Testament... Right? There's still a rest. Joshua didn't give him the full rest. The Joshua of the Old Testament, right? But our Joshua, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the fulfillment of that rest. And really, when you think about it, we'll look at a map in a second. They have not completely, uh, they have not completely settled in the land that God has promised Abraham. There's still parts of it that have not been given to them. So Joshua is a very significant book. And if you uh, will take a little time to do an advertisement for tonight... 
We're going to look at the person Joshua tonight. And if you'd come back, um, one of the key uh, things that you could be said about him here is be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Is that is God asking him to go to the gym and work out? Is God asking him to go to Wikipedia and check out the latest battle tactics before he goes into the land of Canaan? How is he going to prepare himself to go in there? Well, to be strong and courageous. Be strong in the Lord's commands. Understand that God is the one that's going to give you the ability. Rely on his strength. Rely on what he has told you. And don't turn to the right or left. Be strong and courageous. It's repeated at least three times by the Lord and once by uh, a group of people. And one other thing we want to look at too today, we're looking at this chapter. We'll just advance to this, is where we're at. I just got these maps. These are not mine, but you can look at them. There's, the Internet's full of different things and great resources. But where we're at in Joshua is... This is the land of, that they were just journeying in. This is, of course, present-day Egypt. This is the line of Egypt right there. So they were uh, wandering around in that Sinai Peninsula for a few months, right? But eventually what happened is they came to this part called Kadesh Barnea. And we covered that. That's where they sent in the 12 spies. And one of the key uh, people that were sent into that land was Joshua. But what happened? There was a rebellion there. And in that land, they sent them out to go see it, but they didn't, want, they didn't think God was going to bring them in. There was a rebellion, and there was disbelief. And so God says none of that generation, except for two people, and that's including Moses and Aaron, if you notice, right? Moses and Aaron did not enter the land. But only two people were allowed to enter from that generation. That was, that was Caleb and Joshua. And so from that, they wandered around. And, you know, there's some lines people think that, you know, maybe this is the way they did it. But in any case, they wandered around um, for 40 years. And so here, here we are in Joshua. It's a continuation. And a lot of people think, because some of the language is almost the same of, of the last chapters of Deuteronomy, uh, if you look at 34 and, and 33, um, some of these is, is the blessings that are recorded. And, and it says at one point that, that Moses record these words and place it in the book of law. Well, there's still another chapter, and it says, Now it came after the death of Moses. I was listening to somebody, and he says that that word is almost in a continuation of the, of the previous chapter. So maybe this was uh, Joshua who wrote this, but also he wrote the end of Deuteronomy. But in any case, here they are. They're coming up here to Shittim. It's on one side of Jordan. We won't be able to cover that. That's not in this chapter. But they're not quite in the land yet. And so there's going to be a shift. If you remember, um, how did they get around in that desert? What was God's direction? Well, the tabernacle was there in the middle, right? And they sectioned up all their camp around it. Now they're going to be settling in cities that they did not build. What, what did they eat while they were in the wilderness? Something that came from heaven. Remember, manna. That's going to stop. God's direction and the way he led them you know, there was a cloud that came uh, that covered them, right? And it settled down when they wanted to stop and a fire by night. That's going to go away too, right? So there's going to be a shift now. They're going to be uh, not wandering anymore. They're going to be going in. Joshua is going to be leading them. And they're going to be going in and conquering the land of the Amorites uh, who are settling the inhabitants of the land. And so you can expect there's going to be battles. And... 
I know at some point there was a shift, but a lot of, I don't know if you ever heard this, but they, they liken the, the promised land it's to heaven. Well, it's not so much heaven. It's, it's more of the Christian life, if you look at the promised land, because there's battles to be fought. And, and if, you've, if you profess to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior this morning, right, there is still a battle. For one, we battle against the flesh, right? The flesh is continually, the old man is dead. But the slavery and, the, and not having a choice to sin, that part is gone. That's the old man dead. But yet the flesh is still present. And so we're battling against that. We're battling against the other enemies of, our, of, the, of the Christian, right? The, the devil, the world, the world system is against the Christian, right? Everything in this world is against the Christian. So there's battles to be fought. But guess what? The Lord Jesus Christ has says he has conquered all those things. And so he's left the believer here not to uh, uh, just coast along, right? We have a, an example in the children of Israel that everywhere they walked, they were going to be given uh, a land. They're going to be gaining ground. And, and that's, that's an application to us, right? If we're going to grain, gain any ground in the Christian life, we're going to have to walk and we're going to have to keep going. We're not going to have to stand back. We're not going to have to sit idly by. Um, William McDonald, who's now with the Lord, he said this, and I've, I think I've said this before, mentioned it here, but in one of his messages he was listening to, uh, that I was listening to, that he was speaking, he, he says this, that the longer he lived his life, the more he saw people on a highway of life, the longer he, he was moving down that highway, the more people he saw that have just pulled over their car. And they just pulled off to the side of the road and set up a picnic and just sat there. And that's how they live their Christian life. Instead of moving forward, they've either, and, and it's not always something their choice. Sometimes there's some kind of disaster, right? There's some kind of wreckage that they've chosen sin rather than the good thing, right? And there's a wreckage that leads them off that path, that Christian path. And they never get back on because of whatever choices or they don't experience restoration. Or they've just chosen, well, I'm just going to be complacent in my life. I like the way the things are. I like my job. Um, I like the family and whatever else. There's other things to focus on more important than following after God, claiming and laying hold of those promises that he's set before me, and I'm not going to go forward anymore. Right? Does God want us to conquer the land, so to speak? Yes, yes he does. Right? Um, good friend of mine, he says that two things he wants to to. He two things he wants to uh, govern his life for the rest of his life. Conquer the land, and he wants to strengthen those things that remain. I think those are two good goals, right? Always be moving forward in your Christian life. Strengthen those things that remain. They're around us and myself, right? There's weakness, right? And we're called to, in Revelation, says the church, it says to strengthen those things that remain, right? To come alongside one another. Uh, Ron pointed out a, a, a verse in, in Hebrews chapter 10. The next verse says this, and we should stimulate one another to good works and how to love one another, right? That's what we should be doing. Strengthen those things that remain in conquering the land. And so there's a great parallel between this book and Joshua. And if you want to look in the New Testament, Ephesians. Right? Ephesians lays a lot of promises before us, things that were not that are not given to us by our own strength. There's nothing that we can do. Remember, they tried at Kanesh Barnea to go in there after they realized they, they failed. They failed, right? God says, I'm not going to go with you. You know, there's disbelief. They said, no, no, we're going to go now. What happens? They went into the land. 
and they came right back out, right? They were defeated. So if they were going to go in there, they needed to have a, a, an unnatural, right, a, a supernatural source of strength, some kind of resource that was in heaven if they were going to conquer this land. And if we're going to live this Christian life, if we're going to be successful, and we're going to lay hold of those promises that God has given us, we're going to need a divine resource. We're going to need, uh, and he's given us the Holy Spirit, right, to help us. So Ephesians is, Ephesians is a big parallel to this book of Joshua. But um, that's where we're at in, this, is, uh, in our story is, is just east of Jordan right here in Shechem. Um, somebody has approximated what exactly Abraham was, was, was given. Now, from what I know, it does say this great river, which is the river Euphrates is going to be the northern border. But if you look at this map, this is just a high, you know, this is somebody about approximate. Is Israel today that big? It isn't, right? And so if you can imagine, God promised it. It's going to happen. So there's still, right, Jesus is going to come back. This is not going to be fulfilled until Jesus comes back. But look at this. That's Egypt. That's Saudi Arabia. I mean, that's uh, Jordan. I mean, there's countries that wouldn't give, you know, they don't give, they want to push Israel into the sea, right? They want nothing to do with them. And yet, God has promised all that land to them in Syria, North, Iraq. I mean, look at that. I mean, that's humongous. That's a big piece of land, and God promised it to him. Did Abraham get any of that land while he was alive? No. Did Joshua divide and give that inheritance to the children of Israel? He did in a certain point, right? And it, it expanded under David and under Solomon. But the full, total fulfillment of that will be uh, Jesus, right? When he comes back, he's going to establish peace. And he will bring back those people into the land and um, expand it to what he fully promised to Abraham. So just that's just for your own record, um, something to look at. So here's one more. We'll just leave it up here. This is you can look if you'd like. But I found this to be very helpful. This is actually a map in, in some key cities. I know it's a little difficult to to see, but um, of where certain events happened. As we said, Joshua is a 24 chapter. So the first six chapters aren't even, the first five chapters aren't even, there's nothing happened as far as conquest. There's, in this chapter, there's the charge to Joshua. God says, listen, Moses is dead. It's your turn now. Go into the land. And then there's, uh, then there's preparing provisions. Then there's circumcision. There's the ark. And there's, just, there's different things that happen. And eventually, they're, they're told to go across. Why is it that God was wasting, you know, not wasting, stalling for time? Well, it's, it's said that, remember, they're on one side of the Jordan. By the time they, they got to that part, right, the Jordan was very, very wide. And so it was a, it was a miracle, right, even for those people to see that how can these, all these people cross that land with all their people without anybody drowning and across dry land? And so even that itself was a miracle how they got across. But in any case, here we are in the first chapter of Joshua. And so we have here in first, and we covered this last week, the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. That's the one thing I wanted to just point out is, you know, that title is only given three times in the word of God, the servant of the Lord. Now, there are people that are mentioned, my servant. Abraham is mentioned, the Lord says, my servant. But the servant of the Lord is given to, to Moses, Joshua, and David. But Moses is now gone. And so now he's speaking to Joshua. If you can imagine, you know, there they are on one side of the, the land. Moses has gone up, right? He went up to the mountain and he died. 
Nobody knows where he's buried. So there they are. They're waiting and they mourn for him. But they're waiting for they're waiting for word from the Lord. Well, the word the the Moses. I mean, uh, the Lord speaks to Joshua. This is not something new. Uh, in several places in Numbers and Deuteronomy, we won't take so much time to go there. But Moses cries out because he understood at some point, you know, he did something that disqualified him from going into land. Remember, he struck the rock. The Israelites were wanting water, and he was told to speak to the rock, and he struck it twice, right? He ruined the pitcher, right? The rock was already struck once before. This was the second time that they needed water, but he was just told to speak to it. It didn't need to be struck again, but he ruined the pitcher, right? He did not treat God as holy, it says, and Moses and Aaron were were disqualified from taking them into the land. And so Moses is now gone. So they're standing there. They're sitting on that side. What's next? Well, he wanted somebody. uh, Moses cried out that he needed somebody. He said, point somebody over these people. And the Lord handpicks Joshua, the son of Nun, or Nun, to be that leader. And he says, "My, my servant Moses is dead. Now, therefore, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, through the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. So he's heard this before. And if you can imagine, Joshua, what, what, is, it that he, what is it that he's going to fall back on? Um, you know, what is it that he's going to rest? Uh, God's now telling me this. Well, th- God's been telling them this for the last 40 years, that they're going to go into this land and they're going to conquer it. Well, how is it that we as believers can trust what the Lord is saying that hasn't happened yet? In our lives, how can we have confidence in there? How can we have faith? Well, it is the Holy Spirit who reveals these things to us, right? And it is God who reveals these truths. But we look at what God has done in the past, and we can see that he was faithful to his people before, and we can trust that what he's going to do later is going to come about. So go into this land which I am going to give them. And you notice that it says this, which I am going to be giving them. It wasn't going to be Joshua going to be giving it to him. He's going to have a place. He's going to have a hand in it. God's going to use Joshua. But who's going to be the real source? Who's going to be the person who's going to be giving it to him? It's going to be God. And that's a, that, to me, is a comfort. right? As I'm living this Christian life, I'm not going to just uh, uh, stand, as it were, sit on the side right, and just kind of coast along. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad just being in school. Or I'm glad just being at work. And doing the norm. You know, no, I'm going to walk, right? Every place where the sole of my feet touches, I'm going to be walking. But it's God going to be working in my life, right? The Holy Spirit. How do I have the Holy Spirit walking or working in my life? How do I allow him, right? We, we look in his word, right? We find out his commands. The Lord Jesus Christ said this. If you love me, what's the next part? If you love me, you will... Well, you will worship me, but it says you will keep my commandments. Can you imagine that? That's how we show the Lord Jesus we love him. You know, there's many people that say, yes, I love God. I love Jesus. You know, they'll they'll throw those terms out, but they don't keep his commands. And me, too, right? We've got to think of ourselves. Do we love the Lord Jesus? Do we love other things more than him? You know, the scripture, the New Testament calls a lot of times on a health check, as it were. You know, we do these things in, um, Danny knows this in IT, 
health checks, right? They look at the system and they, and they go through it and they see, you know, is there something wrong? And there's moni- and we even have monitoring, you know, it monitors temperature and fans and all this. You know, do a health check. Well, the Bible calls you to do a health check on your own life and, and to examine yourself. And, and we need that, right? Because we can be so swept aside by distractions of this life and it can move away, you know, it can take away our affections. It can take away our love. And it could be even good things. It could be even good things. Family. Things like anything that will replace the Lord Jesus Christ and his, his goals, right, for this planet and his goals in our own life, those things can be replaced. Things that will go away, right? Those are good things. And they need to be in order, right? But if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And Joshua, we're going to look at it tonight. We'll just mention it right now. But Joshua had a heart for God. He loved the things God loved. And he hated the things that God hates. Is that a heart for you and me that you would, we would want to have, right? To love the things that God loves and to hate the things that God hates. Verse 5, I'll just point out this one thing. We'll make a few more points and then we'll wrap up. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you, and I will not fail you nor forsake you. I mean, what confidence that would give a person, right? He witnessed. He was Moses' attendant, it says, or Moses' servant. He attended Moses even from a youth, and he saw what God was doing. He saw the way... Moses, uh, different things that God was using Moses. So he says, just as I have been with you, uh, just as I have been with Moses, I will also be with you. I will not fail nor forsake you. And so there's nothing that Joshua had to worry about. You know, he was going into a land that, you know, we, I don't know if you've thought about this, but it, it was unconquerable in, the, in human means by what they had. Remember, they were a group of slaves. I don't know what kind of weapons or whatever. You know, they definitely didn't have the greatest technology of their day. They didn't have chariots. They didn't have, uh, you know, whatever certain type of bows and and swords. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they had weapons. They for sure had weapons. But they were going against walled cities. And they were asked to do certain things that wouldn't make any sense. Walk around the city, you know. For seven days, and then the last time, walk around it seven, seven times, and the wall is going to come down, right? They had something on their side. They had someone on their side, right, that was greater than all that. And so Mo- Joshua was going to enter into this land. No man's going to be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never fail nor forsake you. It says this be strong and courageous. We mentioned that already. And it says, for you will give this people possession of their land, for I have sworn to their fathers to give them. And so this is very important. I mentioned it briefly. You know, how can we trust that God is going to do what he said he's going to do in the future? How do we know he's going to come back for us? We say it's in his word. But he's completed his promises that he's given to other people, right? He told Joshua, you're going to enter this land. You're going to divide up the land. And you're going to conquer this people. Did that happen? This was thousands of years ago. It did. Right. And so God was true to his word to Joshua. He was true to his word to those people he promised before Abraham, Isaac, Jacob to give him that land. And he came through. Maybe we'll just end it with this. Um, make comments about chapter eight. Uh, excuse me. Verse eight it says that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth and you shall meditate it both on day and night and be careful to do all that is written in it for you shall make 
your way prosperous, and you will have success. If you look at the end of Joshua's life, he says this. You know, was Joshua's Joshua's life successful? Was he a successful person? Did he follow this? Well, you would have to look at the end. It says in 23 that he says this, that look at the end of his life. He tells them, the children of Israel, he says, says, you have seen all that the Lord God has done to all these nations because, uh, because of you, for the Lord your God has been fighting for you. You've seen it, and you've seen the way that I've been you know, towards you. You've seen the way that we, by faith, have claimed these things that God has promised. And I wonder, you know, we just were at a, a, a funeral, which I've, I've only met him a few times, but it, when reading his eulogy, dear brother, it says this, um, that he, you know, various things that he did, he, what he did for work, but one of the things that caught my eye, that for 41 years, his last 41 years of his life, it says that he served the Lord and he was faithful to him. I mean, what a testimony at the end of his life, right? And so, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, and you should meditate it both on day and night, and to be careful to do all that is written of it. Don't turn to the right and to the left. It says in the, in the verse before. There's many things that we can take and turn to the right and to the left, right? There's many things that can grab our attention, that can draw us away, but the book of the law shall be something that we shall not depart from our mouth. It's something that's always speaking. Um, you know, it doesn't take long, if you're in a workplace or any kind of friend group, to find out what is on people's hearts, right? The, the conversations that brought up. And I wonder if we just examine our own conversations, you know, what is it that we gravitate to? You know, what is it that comes out of our mouth? Well, Joshua was called to meditate on the word of God. And what came out of his mouth was God's commands, was God's words. Right? What a testimony. And to be careful. And it's something that, you know, we just don't, you know, it's not something, we'll, so we make a decision today. Say, we say well, I'm going to rededicate my life. I'm going to, I want to do the things that, I want to love the, the things that the Lord loves. And I want to hate the things that the Lord hates. And go from there. No, but it's something continuous. Every morning, right? Every morning meditating or every morning um, or every evening, every time of the day, it's remembering and to continually meditate on the, on the Lord and on his words. Don't turn to the right and the left. And so Joshua stands as an example uh, to us. And tonight, Lord willing, what we'll do is we'll look at his, uh, his life and we'll go uh, before this, but we'll look at some points about him. And hopefully uh, it will bless our hearts. And so let's close in a word of prayer. And Father, we just thank you for this time. And we just thank you for this chapter. And as we read about Joshua and how you were faithful to him and faithful to those people. And how you, not one of the good promises that you gave them, failed. And so Lord, we just uh, are so uh, thrilled to know that you are a faithful God. And that you fulfill your promises. Uh, We just pray that you would uh, bring us home safely. And that our meeting here in VBS, Lord, that you would, uh, you would help us and that you would bring these kids, whoever they may be, unsaved, that you'd be preparing their hearts. And we just thank you that we can have a part in, this, uh, in your plan in this world. And Lord Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.